0: Melissa Benoist speaks to Entertainment Weekly. We
1: announce raffle winners.
0: And Andy B. joins us to discuss Girls Night Out. This This is Supergirl Supergirl Radio. Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's upcoming Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Teresa Giacino.
1: And I'm Rebecca Johnson. In this episode, we're joined by our special guest, Andy B. from The Flash Podcast to talk about a Supergirl-Batgirl team-up in the new Batman Adventures called Girls' Night Out. But first up, we have...
0: The News. On July 2nd, Entertainment Weekly posted an interview with Melissa Benoist. When asked about feeling the pressure of playing a superhero, Melissa said, quote, I want to portray someone they can relate to and look up to that's not a trite or a shallow depiction. I want her to be complicated and flawed. I guess I just want all women to feel like they could be Kara and Superwoman as well. I don't want it to be campy, I want it to be grounded and human that goes for anybody. It doesn't matter what sex. It doesn't matter if it's women or men I inspire. I just want to inspire people in general to realize their strengths and their potential and that you can do the things that you feel like are impossible to accomplish, end quote.
1: I don't know about you, Teresa, but when she mentioned superwoman in there, I was like, no, you don't want want to uh, (laughs) inspire people to be superwoman after reading those Sterling Gates books. That's true, especially after what we just read, yeah. Yeah, that's not who you think it is. (laughs) So it made me laugh a little bit. When responding to the criticism of the first Supergirl trailer and the comparisons to the Black Widow spoof from Saturday Night Live, Melissa said, quote, The camp is going to be there. It's a superhero show. But I don't think that takes away from the female empowerment. Obviously, you see Kara in her work atmosphere. It resembles the Black Widow parody. But what you don't see is Kara kicking butt. There's so much more in the pilot that that I think people are really going to be surprised by. Also, it's a girl, Supergirl, that whole discussion. It's a girl figuring out how to become a woman. The SNL spoof came out and all of us thought it was so hilarious. I don't think any of us expected people to compare them or put them side by side, unquote.
0: I really like that point she makes because people like to look at traditionally feminine stuff like that and automatically discount it and automatically kind of them against each other and I don't think they have to be put against uh, pit against each other necessarily
1: yeah I think that's true I think a lot of people just jump to the conclusion oh this looks like that parody thing or oh that looks like devil Earth's Prada so it's just gonna be a, a girly girly show and I, I I think she's right I think what you don't see is the the action stuff and the the kicking butt stuff so I think it's gonna be a more well rounded show than a lot of people are giving it credit for right now.
2: Something I heard sorry for interrupting, I just wanted to bring up because um funny enough, like on I was listening to another podcast of um of a journalist who had gone to the TCA um um no upfronts for first you know, CBS and Super Bowl, and you know, people who were saying that, you know, that um oh my god they're looking making it feel like Devil vs. Potter and so on. Funny enough, like Nina Nina Tazler apparently said during the meeting and so on that, you know, them breakfast, like, when all the journals were there, that it's supposed to have that feeling. and so, so it's funny, like, because when I read that interview, I was like, yeah, can can people just stop comparing it to the whole Black Widow spoof? It's like, here's the difference. That was a spoof. What Supergirl is actually doing is, ser- serious. you know, she ha- this is actually happening. That spoof is actually just a sad fact of a, but that Black Widow is m- maybe never going to get her own movie, you know, within the next two phases of the cinematic universe for Marvel. So, yeah, I got... I got exhausted just, like, once I'm, you know, having people, hearing people that, oh, my God, it's so much like the the spoof and so on. Yeah, it's it's not. In the spoof, Black Widow is a complete joke. And in this trade of Supergirl, she's actually a badass her- hero. So stop comparing it to the spoof. <laughs>
0: That's true.
1: That's a great um, point.
0: Well, speaking of Nina Tassler, um, dot com uh, is where featured an article about uh, about Nina Tassler, who's head of the of CBS Entertainment. And it talks a lot about how she's the only female running a broadcast network on her own right now without a male co-head and uh, how she's been, quote, making CBS a more female friendly place on and off camera.
1: The article mentions that, quote, Supergirl looks like an awkward fit for a network with the oldest viewership on the dial, unquote, which on average age is 59 years old. But Tassler says, quote, There are themes and aspects of Supergirl that define the classic CBS leading lady, that she is embracing her potential. She's juggling a lot of responsibility. She has to save the planet, but she also has a career, unquote. And I really liked the article that HollywoodReporter.com ran because that actually also included a video that went along with it that had Melissa Benoist talking about her mom and kind of the the things that she looked up to about her mom. So I thought that was pretty neat.
0: That is really cool. It, that, the whole video is so great. And um, it actually, they, there was a larger piece about um, uh, kind of interviewing the female uh, actresses and showrunners at CBS, kind of showing – um, across their TV shows what Nina Tassler has, has done so far in giving women opportunities. Um, so that's awesome, and, and that just makes me more confident that CBS is the right home for Supergirl, which is great.
1: Oh yeah, that video and the article actually made me super, I, I don't want to say it, super super, super <laughs> impressed with Nina Tassler uh, more than I already was, uh, because I think she is doing good things for females in the industry.
2: I have a Question by the way, um, when when I was reading this quote, um, define the classic CBS leading lady. That that's I'm wondering that because to me, like whenever I look at CBS shows, you know, because I know they have you know a lot of great female shows there, is that I'm never like, what is the classic CBS leading lady view and stuff? So, because I feel like they're all so diverse, and uh, you know, like when, in the video, you know, they had Anna Far Paris from, um, oh my god, what's her show called? Uh, uh, Moms? Moms. Yeah. Yeah, mom. and you know, we and then yeah. Oh, mom, okay. And then it's you know with Supergirl, you know, with Melissa Brown and stuff like. I'm like, you know, I, I wonder, you know, what in her view was you know like the classic CBS leading lady, like you know, like I'm like as an example, I was wondering what that was.
1: That's a good question. When I think of CBS leading ladies, I think of when I was in high school and I watched a lot of CBS because Murphy Brown was on CBS, and you had. Um, yeah. A show called Sybil. I watched a lot of comedies on CBS back when I was in high yeah. school. It was the, there was like a lineup of Murphy Brown, The Nanny, and Sybil. And those were all fronted by female leads. And especially with Murphy Brown, you know, she was like the, the 80s version of Mary Tyler Moore. She was this kind of go-getter, leader on the news kind of woman who kind of set a lot of Things in motion politically that were actually happening in the country with the whole Dan, Dan Quayle stuff and all that. So when I think of CBS leading ladies, I kind of think of those women who, like she says, were embracing their potential, kind of figuring out what they wanted to do in life, and 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 getting there and doing it. You know,
0: I love the nanny. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no. I was I was gonna say like it's interesting that you point out the old um, CBS comedies because now I feel like. More often than not, they're talking about the dramatic leading ladies, True. which shows like kind of where we've we've come and kind of what we're we're expanding into. Um, we're even like some a show like Mom, which is a sitcom, but all, and I don't watch the show, but what I hear about it is that it's it's a comedy, but they're I mean these are very complex characters, and it's more of a dramedy in that um, the relationship between the mom and the daughter is not as simple as just like wacky half hour sitcom wah 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 you know it's like. <laughs> that's my my <laughs> standard description of all comedies um but uh but yeah no so so we have like you know the lead you know juliana Margulies on the good wife you have mm-hmm. um you know uh, patricia arquette on um i think she's doing criminal minds now i think so. um or one of the csis one of those shows uh, and honestly i i'm not procedural girl, so I don't watch those
1: shows. It's, more, it's one of those franchises.
0: One of those shows. But, like,
1: uh, having Secretary? all of these...
0: Yes, Madame Secretary, Tia Leone. Um, you've got, like, all these women who um, are, you know, professional women who have a lot going on, but who are also, you know, nuanced and, and you know, have, you know, different sides to them, and they're not kind of defined by their job. So I could see Supergirl fitting, fitting in there and that she, you know, there's obviously the stuff where she's dealing with her professional life, um, you know, with CatCo and all of that. And then you've got, hey, I'm a superhero, by the way, on the side, and I need to deal with that too. But then there's also her family stuff and the, you know, the, the stuff with the Danvers and all of that. So I feel like they'll treat her really well and, and kind of look at all of those angles of her life. Um, well, the uh, moving on to our uh, more of our news coverage. Um, uh, TV Guide magazine is going to have a special edition cover with Melissa Benoist as Supergirl, um, and these covers look great. It's a series of um, of Comic Con related covers that have all sorts of DC characters on them, um, and the issue will also include a Supergirl comic titled Sister Act, written by Greg Berlanti, Andrew Kreisberg, and Ali Adler. Um, these issues are going to be available at the Warner Brothers San Diego Comic-Con booth uh, or on newsstands and digital platforms uh, beginning on July 7th. And uh, if you're at Comic-Con, definitely uh, you know, hunt down one of these covers because there's Supergirl, you know Gotham is on there, The Flash is on there, Arrow. Um, they're really promoting their, their DC properties this year on that uh, TV Guide cover.
1: I was really trying to zone in on the cover with Melissa Benoist because you can see some things like behind she it looks like she's shattering some glass that she's flying through and yeah. I I can see some like it looks like comic art underneath some of yeah. the the glass but I cu- I couldn't really tell exactly where those things were from. I thought maybe there would be easter eggs in there but I couldn't detect anything.
0: I like the idea of her like the you know her real life version kind of busting through the comic panels you know like i think that's kind of maybe what they're going for is yeah. like she you know you know her in the comics and now bam she's coming through to tv
1: that's a cool way I, to look at
0: it. I was thinking of the four was solid for,
2: for one reason, but but then like all the other oh, covers. That's a good point. That had, But the yeah. other covers also had like you know because I see arrow shooting, shattering glass, uh, and uh, if if only one of those glass pieces, if that glass piece was just felicity that he was shattered, that would have been great as a good symbolism thing. But in, anyway, I'll leave her alone. Just, <laughs> <Stop it>. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked about oh, the that poor girl. The, the, I said felicity, not felicity. I, you know, felicity can be. <clears throat> Hopefully it can be fixed. But then flat was running through glass and Gotham was doing flat, you know, glass too. And so I'm like, okay, it's not the fortress, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think It would be cool
2: if she had her fortress though.
0: Them busting out into real life. I know that's a good point actually. I didn't even think of the fortress of solitude, but uh, that would be awesome.
1: Well, and our last bit of news is about the cancer research fundraiser we did to raise money for the Winship Cancer Institute. Uh, um, So I drew four names out of one of my cancer caps that I actually used when I went through treatment because I thought that would be fitting as a way to put names in a hat and uh, I did that to determine who was going to win our giveaway prizes and this is what happened. Hey everybody, it's Rebecca from Supergirl Radio and I am going to be doing the raffle for our DCTV podcast Cancer Research Fundraiser. So for anybody who donated to our cause, the Winship Cancer Institute, your name was put in this hat. Now this hat is actually what's called a cancer cap, and it's one that I wore, it was my favorite one that I wore during my cancer treatment when I lost my hair. So I thought it was appropriate to put all of the names in this hat. So I'm shuffling them around. So got a couple of things that we're going to give away. The first item is this Batman comic. It's a special 75th anniversary edition from the Batman exhibit, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. And so I'm going to give that away and maybe a few cool things back here as well. So the winner of the 75th anniversary Batman comic from the Warner Brothers Studio Tour is morgan glennon so i don't know if you can see that so morgan i'm gonna send you this in the mail so please send us your information at dctvpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com i'm gonna shuffle it up a little more we asked our friend and listener chris barnes if he would draw us some art to represent some of the shows that we cover to give away and he sent us some cool things he sent us this Flash, Reverse Flash, artwork there. And for Arrow fans, he sent us this Oliver Queen Green Arrow. And he also sent us some cool Supergirl artwork. So, initially I was just gonna give these away as separate items, but I thought it was too cool not to give them away together, because they should go in the same collection. So, we're going to give away Chris Barnes artwork now. And you can check him out at the mightycrispy.blogspot.ca. Check out his stuff. Alright, giving away Chris Barnes customized art and the winner of this is Matthew Moore. So Matthew, if you would send us your information, your address, to dctvpodcasts at gmail.com we will send you that cool art i went to walker stalker con and found some people who donated some autographs for us so we're going to give those away as our last big prize so the first autograph we're going to give away is this signed picture of laura vanderbord's supergirl so I can, t- I can attest to the fact that this was signed in front of me. It is the real deal. It's not some fake signature. Um, I actually spoke to Laura and told her about the fundraiser that we did and how proud I was of everyone who donated. All right, shuffling it up some more. All right, the winner of the Laura Vandevoort autographed signature. is Sam McDonald. Sam, please send us your address at dctvpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we will send you the Laura Vandervoort autograph. The last item that I have to give away for the DCTV Podcast Cancer Research Fundraiser is this autographed picture of Oswald Cobblepot signed by Robin Lord Taylor from Fox's Gotham. So this is another one I can attest to speaking with Robin, telling him about the fundraiser. And so this is the real deal. So we're going to give this away. All right. Shaking up the cancer cap. Shuffling it up. All right. Last winner for the Robin Lord Taylor autograph is Michael Poteet. Michael. Please send us your information, your address at dctvpodcasts, with an S, at gmail.com, and I will send you this Robin Lore Taylor autograph. Well, guys, that's it. That's what we've got to give away for our raffle. Thank you so much for donating, and I am so excited for you guys to get these items, and maybe we can do it again sometime. So congratulations to Morgan Glennon, Matthew Moore, Sam McDonald, and Michael Poteet. If you would all email us your addresses to dctvpodcasts at gmail.com, we will send you those prizes. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's get into our
0: discussion of Girls Night Out, which is the seventh episode of the second season of the new Batman Adventures. It first aired on October 17th, 1998, which makes me feel super old. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Um, all right. I mean, really the, the centerpiece of this episode is the team up between Supergirl and Batgirl. What did you guys think of it? Let's start with Andy, since you're our lovely guest.
2: Uh, thank you. Well, I, this is what, this was one of my favorite episodes from that show. And it's like, when I heard you guys want to do, I was like, I, I gave Rebecca a little poke said, I want to do this episode. Like, I love Girls Night Out because I remember, because that was one of my first episodes, you know, not, not just, you know, one of the first times I'm seeing those together, but you're seeing female superheroes coming up together and so. On. Because you know, before that, you know, it was always Superman animated series and Batman animated series and so. on, And like Superman and Batgirl were never together and so. On. But then. One day I saw that episode and it's, I think it was one of the best episodes of that whole show. I think it's sad, it you know, that could have been a spin-up on its own. Uh, Mm. If only Greg, if only Greg Volante had been doing animation back in 1990. (laughs) um, I'm just putting it out there. But no, but it, it was just one of the things I loved about it was that they, they learned so much from each other. And so, and like they were, you know, and, you know, and at that time, you know, it was the whole aspect of, you know, one person being jealous of another person because she has something that the other one ha- does, and while the yeah. other person has something, it's like vice versa. And I love that because there's like one of my, because I was like looking on YouTube like weeks ago, and like one of my favorite clips is like when they're in her, in Barbara's um apartment and she's like, you know, so where you're from? Like, you know, I live on a farm and you say, like, you live on a farm? Like with cow- <laughs> like with cows and pigs? Like there's you know, there it's always sunny like from day to to night and like you chores. I I want chores. And they just laugh. I'm like <laughs> I'm like I love that the, you know, and I. Like, it, it makes me happy that there was a time when television didn't pit women against each other. And so you know, this was like a team up. They became best friends. like you know, in my imagination, I'm just like imagining them, you know, forming, you know, the the, the, the female, just like in the Bruce Tim universe. And I'm like, there should have been more of that. So now I, and the villains were also really compelling to follow. Like you know, a female trio, and I. I think that's kind of like what inspired. A lot of what we saw that of Birds of Prey, you know, like, and um, the female villain team ups uh, that we've seen in DC Comics since then.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Rebecca, what did you think of the, because uh, I do want to get to the villains because they deserve their own conversation. Oh, but yeah, totally. uh, Rebecca, what did you think of the uh, Supergirl Batgirl team up?
1: Yeah, I think Andy makes a good point that they were sort of envious of each other's lives. And I thought that was pretty funny because at, at one point, I think Supergirl gets really defensive that Batgirl's like, you live on a farm. Um, but I think Batgirl would love to live on a farm if she could. Yeah. Just because, you know, they had been so used to each other's, like, their own environment. And so if they could go and experience something different, if if Barbara could go and just have some peace on the farm i think she'd take it and what one of my favorite things about this episode was actually when supergirl is kind of hanging out in clark kent's apartment she's just kind of house sitting and she's just kind of drawing on some loose leaf i guess and she has these ideas in her head hey i want to go out and do something i'm bored in clark's apartment i want to go <laughs> save metropolis and she's she's kind of like doodling herself as, as you know this hero at you know in front of the daily planet and it's a she writes down supergirl saves metropolis and then yeah. and then i like when, when she gets that call from batman which is also one of my favorite parts of the episode because <laughs> she's totally
0: by accident
1: yeah she's like <laughs> who is this <laughs> like that cracks me up every time um but then you know she gets this call that's you know live wires out and running amok in gotham and so then she changes the the drawing to where it says Supergirl saves Metropolis to Supergirl saves Gotham. So I, I like all that stuff. And I, I like that they were able to balance each other, uh, Batgirl and Supergirl, because there were clearly things that Batgirl could not do. Because when she goes yeah. up against Livewire the first time, she kind of gets her butt handed to her a little bit because there are certain things that she just physically can't do against somebody who is going to electrocute you. So um, what I liked is that the episode kind of balanced out their powers a little and their abilities a little bit so that they both had a chance to shine. Like Supergirl could do some of the more heavy lifting, but Batgirl was actually the smart one who, you know, could uh, get rid of live wire by dumping, dumping her in some water. So I I like that they were able to both have a moment where they were the hero.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love that, uh, <laughs> that Supergirl pretty much gets involved in this because she's bored. Um, <laughs> and even in Metropolis, like, she says that, you know, of course, the one time I house sit for Clark in Metropolis and there's nothing going on. Right. Like, she, she thought this was going to be a step up from the farm and it's just as boring as the farm. Um, but, yeah, I do love how uh, they complement each other. And I love how, you know, when uh, Harvey Bullock... Um, is, you know, talking to them and they're like, you know, you've got us and they're like, he's like, I never thought I'd ask this, but where's the bat? <laughs> like, and, and, you know, because, you know, he underestimates the both of them because they're both young. And I thought that was an interesting element too that they in addition to just wanting to to fight crime, they also want to prove themselves. Um, as young heroes who maybe you know the adults look down on a little bit. Yeah. They're like, where, "Where are the real heroes? Where's Superman? Where's Batman? They're not here. You have us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so suck it up and deal with it, or you're going to be in trouble."
1: And there was something I saw in this episode that I've I've never seen in like a Superman Supergirl related thing. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting visual, like when Supergirl was carrying Batgirl like when they were flying like Batgirl is like sitting on her back like while they yeah they were I was like that's that's different I've never seen one of the super people do that before because usually like Superman's got Lois like in his arms or um you know somebody maybe is kind of they like drag them by like under their arms they'll like hold them up yeah, that was really interesting. They they got um, they got pretty close pretty quickly. <laughs> um, well, you know, I
0: love that she like she was holding her arms out too. Like she was pretending like she was flying. Yeah, that's what I loved. Like she she was kind of moving her arms like you yeah. know forward. And at first, like in the shot, you think she's flying, and you're like, wait a minute, what? And then you see that she's on Supergirl's back, and you're like, oh, that's so cute.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool because it. I mean, even even in that instance where they're flying together, like they're friends. They're already kind of trusting each other with that.
2: I'm so sorry. I just got this funny picture in my head. I'm imagining because, you know, last week they released, you know, the end of the weekly cover for Batman and Superman. And in my head, I just saw, like, Ben Affleck's bat, Batman sitting on Superman's back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that would ever happen.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'd get close and chummy chummy. Actually, it's funny because I saw... Because um, everybody's talking about their um, San Diego Comic Con exclusives, like all the toys that are coming out. And DC has a toy coming out from Mattel, I think, that has, it's a two pack of um, Batman and Superman for the movie. And it looks like, because their hands are extended, and it looks like they're going to like hold hands. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, bromance. Like, they're going to be such BFFs in this movie <laughs> well, <Batman laughs> based on is these definitely- toys.
2: Well, Batman is definitely going to need some bromance right now because you know you know uh, a real life ship sadly ended uh, a week ago so I'm like I'm just like imagining I just part of me just really wants Henry Cavill to just be like in his Superman cars and be like Bruce do you need a hug and Batman he's like classic but like nope I don't need a hug and he's like but do you though know? and he's like yeah no, I just wanted to see. I, hey, you Zach know, Snyder, if you need some inspiration for a good Batman Superman story, uh, for, as a sequel to your already great Batman Superman you know, that looks great, uh, look at the girls' night out and just put Ben Affleck on Henry Cowell's big
0: manly shoulders and just
2: like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> let them fly off into the sunset.
2: Um,
0: um, Speaking of of good fan fiction that can be written, because that sounds like a bunch good fan fiction. Um, <laughs>
2: Um, I'm also writing on the trilogy right now
0: (laughs) Right? No, um, but I did want to get into the the villains in this episode We've got uh, Poison Ivy and Harley uh, And Livewire joining the crew Um, And it's funny because as we know Poison Ivy and uh, Harley Quinn were confirmed to be a ship So, you know, that's canon now Um, So all of that stuff that you've been kind of imagining in your head Is actually true um, and it's so obvious in this like every time they got close i was like oh my god how did i not see this before <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they really do really together yeah, yeah. In,
1: in the comics that's a, that's a recent development not yeah. not uh-huh. not when this show aired but just recently like i guess within the last month or so well,
0: well no but it was confirmed uh, for the show too cuz like the show is really where people were like hey what's going on
1: oh i didn't um, i didn't know that it was confirmed for the show i thought it was just a comic book thing
0: yeah, no, it's it's like a like it's it's it was confirmed as like this is what has always been like this is like you were thinking it and it's actually true, um, and they're probably going to be more open about it now. But yeah, so that is a confirmed <laughs> DC comic ship, LGBT. Then yes.
2: Okay. Well, well, good on you, DC. You, you know, <laughs> like does that. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I did not know about this. So you, know, good, good on them. I. Bruce Tim, he knew something that we did. T- <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, and you can go to... Shameless plug. You can go to the Mary Sue, because we wrote about it. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, that is confirmed. And yeah, we're, we're probably going to see more of that in the comic. Um, but yeah, anyway, so... so uh, t- Let's talk about them and talk about Livewire and how they interacted in this episode.
2: One of things I think so much about the, this trio, it was like... Because you know they, you know Poison po- Ivy po- and I have Harley Quinn, you know they live in Gotham City. You know it's a different place from Metropolis. but like where just like quickly fit in so well. Like, she was kind of, she was being very pushy, like you know, like they, like she, they, she was kind of bullying around th- those two around a little bit and making you know. But it was, I, don't know, I think it was just that Harley was just it. You put you get you get put into perspective seeing two, you know, two out of the three villains seeing this, you know, this funny. Harley Quinn character just like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. (laughs) Her with the mallet. Like, she's Mm -hmm. trying to hit everything with a mallet. I was like, oh god, you poor girl.
2: (laughs) Seriously, because there was was one point when Lahiri looks at her and she's like, were you dropped as a baby or something? Or What the heck happened to you? It was... I, I think it was... Once again, I love you know just seeing free you know like i love when villains team up but like that's from one of the reasons i love the rogues on the flash for example and so seeing you know two you know three characters are all so different from each other and, and correct me if i'm wrong but i don't know if poison ivy and harley quinn did that much team ups and like before, prior to that episode
1: in batman the animated series they <laughs> yeah. they, they they teamed up quite a bit I don't know if it was like that in the comics at the time, but on the show, yeah, you, you okay. got to, you got to see Harley and Ivy a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you know, when Li came in and so, and I felt you know what this not just the, that dynamic, but the whole episode it made me think so much of the of um, the Flash Arrow crossover. And it was just just fun seeing villains going over to each other's cities and having heroes coming to the other city and just like this was a great, you know, I, and then you've seen the villains, you know, they all were so different from each other. And like, um, you know, even though they had different motives and they, um, it was, you know, they, they had a, they had an understanding from from one another. Although Laiwire, her patience level must've been so short, uh, every time she was with Harley, because like Laiwire is electric and Harley is like, do you want a drink?
0: <laughs> yeah. you want water? <laughs> and I think after a while Harley totally knew that that would be a bad idea and she didn't care. Like I think when we're at the restaurant and they like and she's like, "Do you want some water?" and she's like, she knew she, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. She was like, I don't do fluids. <laughs> I love Livewire and I mean I love Livewire in general as a character and I know she's original to the to the animated you know.
1: Yeah, Superman the series. Animated Series. Yeah, Bruce Timm created her. Yeah. And um I love her and
0: I I have to give a shout out to Lori Petty for for the voice because that really really made the character. Um and she yeah, her her personality just pops. I mean it it it's she's like a she's totally a breath of fresh air to this um you know, this duo that, you know, they got they get comfortable, you know, they're 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 a team, they're used to being together, and then you get this jolt, no pun intended, um, or pun <laughs> pun slightly intended, um, uh, of new energy uh when LiveWire shows up. And I do love that uh, you know, just as Supergirl and Batgirl are teaming up and they and they have that like grass is always greener on the other side thing going, um, you get Poison Ivy, who kind of sees two ways of doing things. You see her old partner, Harley, who, like, just basically hits stuff with a hammer, and you see Livewire, who kind of seems to have her stuff together, and really, you know, she knows how to do stuff. She can get money out of an ATM really fast. Mm-hmm. She can travel really quickly and all of that, and she seems more competent. And I feel like I, uh, Poison Ivy kind of had a moment where she was like, hey, am I, have I been doing this wrong? Like, should I be partnering with Livewire <laughs> instead? <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, you you kinda of got that feeling that she's like, Maybe I shouldn't run around with this Harley Quinn girl. Maybe I should <laughs> just move on. But you know what I just realized? Uh Leslie t- um well what, what what Les her real name is Leslie something. Um before she became Liewire, she was a podcaster, I just realized. Or you know she was a radio personality, but like, she was doing like her own show slash podcast. I'm like, it's kinda of neat. Like, you know, ten years later I'm like, you know, now we're doing it. I'm like, better not get powers done. <laughs>
1: Hmm. Yeah, Teresa, I think you made a good point about uh, Lori Petty, who I mostly know from A League of Their Own. That's when I think of Lori Petty, I think of A League of Their Own. But I think it's really fun, since you were talking about that, about how her voice is kind of fitting with her character, about how she's kind of this electric kind of energy, and she has a lot of spunk about her. And I I loved her moment where um, she uh, sees Batgirl, and she's like, just what I need, another killjoy in a cape. (laughs) And, you know, she has this attitude that she's just going to do whatever it takes, get whatever she wants. And I think that was really fitting for her character. And I think Lori Petty did a really good job of that. So, I yeah, I like Livewire. And I think it's fun that she does kind of put a wrench in the Harley-Ivy thing that they've got going. Because I think even Harley's like, when did we become the gang like, they didn't, yeah. they didn't have a gang, <laughs> and then all of a sudden this Live Wire chick comes in, and they're all of a sudden, like, this gang running around. So I I, I did like that LiveWire kind of puts this uh, wrench in their business.
0: It's true. And also, BT Dubs, for, you know, the comics fans out there, I'm sure all know uh, Lori Petty as the live-action Tank Girl. Tank Girl, yep. Um, <laughs> and she's on Orange is the New Black right now, which is uh, in Season 3, which is really awesome as well. I... I've seen Laura Petty. She was on the. She was in the Prison Break
2: movie. The the like the the TV movie Prison Break.
1: Hmm.
2: Oh, I never saw that. I never watched that show. So I do. Have, I do have a question about, about Livewire for you guys. Is this in? A, do you hope that she's going to become like a villain on Supergirl?
1: I think she would be fun. I think that would be, be awesome. I, I know Livewire was on Smallville, right, Andy? I don't yeah. think I saw her, but I think she Let's was just- on there.
2: Let, let's just say that they tried to to make do Liewire but they kind of screwed it up like she it was a very bad portrayal. she was only in one episode they killed her off in the same episode, yeah. which was kind of sad like they were forming the injustice League and so and I like with parasite uh, and plastique and um and liewire and and a character named neutron but yeah they they were going after doomsday and um yeah, Doomsday is well. He's he's kind of doomy, so it's uh, they ended up pretty badly, and um, so yeah, they 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 had a great opportunity to establish a very cool Superman villain in in this Marvel universe. But yeah, so if they do, you know, if they do bring Livewire onto Supergirl, I know they will do it so much better, and I hope they do because you know that it. Certain characters from the Superman mythos is never going to make it to the big screen, like or maybe they have like decided you know because Supergirl has her own TV show they're going to like split up the um, the 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 Rogues Gallery so that we don't have to have limits. as he's just like you know okay Super gets to use these characters and Superman gets to use these characters and okay. so on because they so Ly- I hope Lyware gets to be on and I hope he is established as. I don't know. Maybe like a she's a she's a super super big fan of Supergirl, and she's a podcaster. And then you know she get you know like she has like I don't know maybe a Supergirl radio show on. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know little <laughs> wink wink.
0: Imagine. Uh, oh, yeah, by the I'm, way, her her name is Leslie Willis. Is Leslie the character Lewis. name? There we go. On, sorry. Uh, I love that she's referred to as a shock jock, ah, radio host, which makes perfect sense considering who she is. Um, shock jock? What does that mean? A shock jock. That means somebody like Howard Stern, who, like, basically is on the radio saying stuff to, like, purposely shock people. Yeah. Like, like, all of the stuff they say is very controversial. They're very, like, they try to start fights with people on air. They try to, like, talk about the most sensationalized, you know, topics and all of that. And that's a whole, you know, there, there are fans of people like that. And, and those people have radio shows. I can, you know, Rush Limbaugh is a shock jock. Like, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, he's a like, conservative shock jock. And, you know, people who, who kind of niggle at all of the stuff that, you know, is controversial um, to get ratings. Like that, that's what they do. So apparently that's what Livewire is, which makes a lot yeah. of sense considering that she jolts electricity around. She likes shocking people.
1: And Teresa, I think we talked before about how we would want to see Supergirl with female villains for her. So Mm -hmm. I, I think Livewire would be a good candidate for that because not only is she a female villain, she would also be really fun to see in live action. Because one of Definitely. the cool one of the cool things I liked about the way they portrayed her in this Girls Night Out episode is that she could travel through the electricity, so she could pop out of a toaster or yeah. you know <laughs> something like that. So totally, I and when I was watching that, I was like, you know, that would be really cool if you could pull that off on the screen instead of just you know cartoons you can kind of do whatever you want to but doing it in live action might be a little tougher but it would be cool if they could make that feasible if they could make that yeah. happen on the screen and once in a
0: while they could i mean obviously a tv budget is way smaller but if you're going to have her be a guest star you know you could do that for one episode they made gorilla grod on flash oh, that yeah, was expensive
1: good so. <laughs> on the cw too yeah. And they have
0: and they have the same special effects guy uh, with Armin and his team.
2: So, uh, but I think you know, like Laiwai would be great as a recurring villain for Supergirl and kind of like you know, they could flesh her. Like you know, she she could be that zazzy and zappy as she is, and so on, and also like, make her something bigger and so. On. But I think I, I don't know. I think Lai-Wai, like you guys say, you know, we, I, I remember her from Superman Animators Series when she was going up against Superman. The fact that Superman could actually be you know defeated a little bit defeated, by yeah. Electric, yeah, el- electricity, in which you know. Ideally, a Kryptonian should not really be able to get hurt by human electricity, but they do for some reason in the in the Bruce Tim universe. I'm like, you know, they, that could be good to have. So, you know, Greg Bellanti, if you listen to this amazing podcast, you should you should consider bringing on that live wire into the live show. And make her, yeah, you should bring her bring her on as a. As a, uh, like a big Supergirl fan who is a podcaster and she maybe has a show called Supergirl Radio uh, as a little wink-wink <laughs> and then you, you turn into a villain. I think that would be pretty neat.
0: Just putting that out there in the world.
2: <laughs> and then you can feel free to give the, uh, the voice actress a cameo too because that would be pretty awesome.
0: Um actually speaking of her her powers and how she defeats Superman um before we wrap up our discussion I did notice and we'll probably talk about this again as we talk about more animated episodes but I noticed that like Supergirl's powers were kind of inconsistent with what she can do um in my opinion um cuz like No I agree you with know, that. With uh, yeah I mean with you know for example Poison Ivy with her plants like she was getting, you know, she has super strength. And, yes, she has half the strength of, of Superman or whatever. But, like, these are plants. And I don't care how tightly a plant wraps around you. Like, she's Supergirl. She has heat vision. Like, why is she not lasering off these plants? Why is she not, like, busting out of these plants? And it, like, took her a really long time a lot of the time. Um, and I just was, like, sometimes I see that in the animated stuff. And I'm, like, you know, I know they're, they're like, kind of killing time until she finally
1: yeah
0: breaks out or whatever. But I'm, like she's Supergirl, though like a plant poison ivy wrapping her in vines is not going to stop her in the same way it would stop Batgirl. girl
1: yeah well i think they're always trying to show like oh we're gonna make you think that the hero can't do it and the hero can't be the villain we, we need that moment where you're you're questioning it a little bit but yeah i mean if you're gonna do it do it with a consistent usage of her powers yeah i agree
2: because it felt yeah. just mo- it mostly felt just like they were doing it for dramatic effect. Because I was thinking, yeah. well, this this episode didn't take place that much long after. Because I think it was a, the same season that that episode happened. I think it was the same season over at Super Gold Superman animated series when she, when Clark did discover um um Kara. I can say Kara now. I don't say Kara. Yeah, uh, he, he did and
1: the Yeah, yeah,
2: he did uh, when he did discover Kara and like you know like. And she had to start redeveloping her powers and whatever. So, I was like, it, it, some time has gone by since that episode. So, like, she should have... Because it, it felt like, like Teresa said, a plan, is, it doesn't matter, like, how super a plan is. You know, she could... Anything on this herb that is in Kryptonite, she can beat. Oh, wait, super Kryptonite and magic. That's the only two, two things that can yeah. stop a Kryptonian. So, I'm like, they should, like... This was just for dramatic If I'm like, you're like Bruce, Tim, you know, like, Bruce Timm, you know, you yeah. You're, you're smart. You're smart. Well, you are smarter than this. So they're like, why? How come that Supergirl is? And she's also older than Clark, How come that she is so inconsistent? Like Teresa said, I didn't get that at all. Because I thought I was like, am I the only one seeing that there is some like there's some hiccups with how they built her powers on the show?
0: And I mean, you know, let's let's remember that these shows are designed for children. Like, these, no, you know, these, I don't these care l- about kids. They were for us. Right, but like, yeah, no, so like, I mean, you know, obviously they're going to be a little simpler in the storytelling, They're, you know, whatever, but I mean, even still, you know, I think kids deserve, you know, sound logic in their viewing, even if it's like for a younger audience, that doesn't mean you skimp out on the logic. Um, but anyway, I uh, before we, we stop the discussion, I did want to get like favorite moments, final thoughts, what did you take away from the episode? Um, let's start with Andy. Well... Like
2: I, I think I mentioned uh, at um, at the beginning. I, what the, my favorite scene was absolutely when they were sitting in Barbara's apartment. they are like, so where are you from, and where you're from, and and like hmm. you're on a farm. Like I like cows and pigs. <laughs> it's like people's basically like. You I know, want chores. I, I I fangirl about chores and and pigs and cows and and the moo and the and the and the chickens and it's like it was just. I love that. It was it was not only just for a comedic effect but it was also because, you know, they may have everything, but they don't have, you know, but they don't have everything and they kind of, you know, even though Kara has all these powers, she's jealous of Barbara because she gets to she gets to, you know, at that time, you know, Barbara, you know, you know, I mean Kara, she was still like you know, c- c- Superman was trying to you know, like to protect her as much as possible. You know, you know, you you, know, you don't always have to be out there, but like she, oh, you know, Batgirl always gets to be out there and fight and stuff. Like she gets to, hey, she gets to drive the Batmobile. She was driving the Batmobile. That was, <laughs> that was big. And then you know, Barbara is like, you know, because you know, if we if you look at Barbara Gordon as a character from overall, like you know, she has a nasty fate in the DC universe. You know, Joker shooting her and all that thing. And so the fact that she like she sees someone who has his they basically wanted to shut his lives, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just, put, just put like you know, like you know, um. Oh, what's the name of that Lindsay Lohan movie when she was still sweet in acting, like when oh, the she, yeah, the par- like. Why don't you just do the Parent Trap, like <laughs> <laughs>
0: with those? T- <laughs> imagine if their secret identities were each other.
1: <laughs> That's blowing oh my, my mind right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like because I remember that episode when
2: Superman had to dress up as Batman, and yeah. like he had like, and he's like, he, because he has muscle control, he get he can imitate Bruce Wayne's voice. So if if Kara would just put on like uh, um a ginger wig or whatever and do Barbara's voice, then like she can get away with it. Now, although Barbara may has some problems because she, well, it's not a Easy imitating Kryptonian Yeah, powers. you
0: can't imitate being like impervious to bullets. You can't. <laughs> yeah. You can't imitate heat vision. But Unless um,
2: you may, make your whole skin made up out of uh, bulletproof West. Yeah. <laughs> I see the flaws in my idea now. So, but that was one of my favorite. <laughs> that was one of my favorite well, moments would when be, It would
0: have to be Supergirl doing it. Clearly, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. couldn't. It couldn't be a bo- a two-sided thing. Um, but Rebecca, so what is your uh, favorite moment?
1: Well, my favorite scene is when Kara is in Clark's apartment and she gets a call from Batman. That made me of <laughs> happy. Um, just because she, she could tell something was up. Um, and I think my big takeaway from the episode is that it was cool to see Supergirl and Batgirl kind of take care of business without their mentors, without Batman and Superman, and that yeah. they could handle it on their own. And they did it by working together. So I think that was really fun.
0: Yeah.
1: I think uh, my
0: favorite moment was, the, uh, was the, the scene where Batgirl is flying on Supergirl's shoulders. And she's pretending to fly. Um, I just love, like, just the, the animation on that, too, was really cute. And the way she's moving her arms around, like, whoosh, you know? Like, she's, mm-hmm. you know, playing pretend. Um, and, uh, yeah, the takeaway for me was definitely the whole, you know, the grass is always greener. Thing and I liked how they showcased that, even with um, the villains. Like I feel like a little bit, you know, with Livewire and uh, you know Harley and uh, Harley and uh, Poison Ivy, because um, you have Livewire kind of joining the team, and you know, it's like she kind of felt, you know, like like alone, like she just seemed very alone, and then suddenly she's like, "Oh, nice place you got here!" Like, and it's <laughs> like, "Oh, maybe I could be a part of a team." and and then she's like, "Yeah, no, I can't. I can't be a part of this." <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I like that whole idea and examining that. That was really cool. Um, well, that I think wraps up our discussion. Um, and it's amazing how much discussion we can have on a half-hour episode of something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, look, animation is. Um.
0: But
2: yeah. Uh, one of our well, well, animation is one of the heart heartful things in our childhood. So it's like it doesn't matter if it's like only twenty minutes. I could talk. I could talk more about this episode for two hours, just like you know. And then there was this scene, and I love when she said that to her, and it. Uh, <laughs> and also, Bullock was just—I love what was it that? Um, what was it that um, Barbara referred to Bullock as? You know, the donut nuts. Uh,
1: donut dunker, I think, is what she called it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I do love the final scene though, when they're like, you know. You know, sitting at home, they're oh,
1: yeah.
2: eating ice cream and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, remember when, when a su- female superhero could eat ice cream and not be, like, you know, seen as a joke as it is today for some reason? Say like, they could actually live their lives and, like, no one would complain about it. But today, like as soon as a strong superhero, a female superhero is eating eating food, they're like, oh, my God, it's um, the Black Widow as spoof. Oh, my God, how dare they? <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, and I and I did like that scene at the end, and Harvey finally acknowledging, you know, hey, yeah, the the people who uh, who helped us with this case, they showed some potential, you know, and uh, kind of acknowledging that they did a good job. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, that was nice. Although I don't like that it came from him because I'm like,
2: you know, Bull, you don't get to say anything like that. You know, you don't have any potential. Uh, it's a you should. have credited them as, like, you know, yeah, Supergirl and Batgirl saved the, the day, and, you know, it looks like uh, it's it's not the only world's, fi- world's finest that we have around here, so it's like, all you do, Bullock, is just eat donuts.
1: Well,
0: you know, I mean, it's, it's Harvey Bullock. Like, he, the fact that he said that probably means more than, than you know, because he's a very begrudging kind of character. Like, it takes a lot for him to say something nice, so.
1: Yeah, that's probably the best you're going to get out of him. And it it made them happy, so yeah. No, I love their their smile, I guess, their smiles I, at the
0: end, and I love uh, Bruce Tim's art and just the way he has them smile at the end. I was like, that is the cutest little like freeze frame ever. Like, I just want to have a poster of that moment.
1: Yeah,
0: it
2: was cute. I wish there were more episodes though of those two together. I'm like, because I know in Justice the Unlimited they are like they're their off screen references um, to on screen references to things that happen off screen between like they. I think they. Like they were traveling together and like saving the world and stuff like that. I think there, there, was, there was some reference. And I wish, you know, we could have seen. Like this could have been a show within itself.
1: Yeah, they could have made a whole series on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio.
0: And we're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And thanks to Grammar Merchant for leaving us a review on iTunes. And I love your name, by the way. Thanks for <laughs> holding it down for grammar.
1: <laughs> and we are part of the DCTV Podcast Circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, and the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow, subscribe to our TV Podcast mega feed and follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook.
0: Andy, thank you so so much for joining us on this episode. Um, where can everybody find you and the Flash Podcast on the internet?
2: Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I um, once again, I think you girls are doing a fantastic, super job with this podcast. So, and I, I, you know, whenever I get to be on and just talk about it, because you know, this ep- things like this, I love. And like you know, like when <laughs> when I told when one of my friends um, heard I was going to be on, he's like can I come over and watch that episode with you? It is kind of fun <laughs> so we want like i i rewatch it five times now before doing this episode because it's just so much fun so thank you for having me but uh you can find the flash podcast on uh, facebook twitter instagram and uh, and vine and i don't know at some point we're n- i'm also now on periscope so all all under awesome. the flash podcast we uh well the reason i've added periscope is because i'm gonna um, I, at the time of recording, I'm actually getting ready to um take my bags and travel to San Diego for San Diego Comic Con this y- this week. And um, where the Flash podcast, as well as the Letters of Tomorrow podcast, which, uh, like Rebecca said, is part of the DCTV podcast network. And um, we're gonna be there doing some um DC tastical adventures and um. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna be watching a certain pilot on uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, not to brag, yes, not to jealous. brag, yeah, just uh, you're super bragging. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Super Bowl pilot, pilot finally. And if you're going, uh, join me for ballroom 20 at uh, Wednesday. It's gonna start at six o'clock. So um, join join me up at the ballroom 20 lineup and uh, um, talk Super and flash and stuff like that with me. So that's where I'm gonna be at. And you can follow me on my personal Twitter account at Andrew and um, yeah, it's gonna be a <clears throat> big week for, for these television. so and uh, so and I'm sure you know we. Uh, i sure there will be um, a breakdown of uh, what happened at Comic Con at all these podcasts or whatever. So uh, hopefully, hopefully some big announcement for season one of Supergirl. Like maybe they, who knows? Maybe they will. Greg Blandy will hear this episode. He like, hmm, maybe I should not announce a casting for Livewire at Comic Con, <laughs> and then and then he does it. So, uh, but yeah, that's where. That's where you can find uh, me, the Flash Pocket, at Twitter, and add it back to Twitter, and then all the links for all the things are, are there.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, well, as always, you can find me at the Mary TheMarySue. That's TheMarySue.com. And uh, actually, I do want to give a shout-out to one of our frequent guests, uh, Morgan Glennon, who writes for Buddy TV. She is now also a contributing writer at The Mary Sue. And if you were reading The Mary Sue this weekend, she has a great piece about uh, the show The Hundred, which is another CW show, so if you're already watching... Uh, The Flash and Arrow, you might want to give The 100 a try. It's a great show. And she has an article on there from Sunday called The 100 Has Some of the Best Female Characters on TV. Yes, really. (laughs) 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 Um, It's a great rundown of all the amazing female characters on The 100, so check that out. Um, As for me, you can find me, uh, my blog is the Teresa Giacino Experience. Um, You can find me on Twitter, at Teresa Giacino. On Instagram at Teresa Giacino and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Teresa Giacino Experience.
1: And you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Duck Milk Prod. And that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And until next time, I'm still Teresa Giacino, And I'm still Rebecca Johnson. We might be a couple of rookies. But we show potential.